Powered by Adept Packaging. This is the Inside the Box with Jared Spencer podcast. Bringing together top packaging professionals to share insight and knowledge on all things packaging. Now, introducing your host, Jared Spencer. Thank you, Dylan, for, for hopping on with us today. Really looking forward to this conversation. I really think what you're, you're doing is really interesting here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so give everyone a little bit of background of kind of about yourself and, and what you are doing. Uh, you're currently a student at Michigan State, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I'm currently a graduate student getting my master's at MSU in packaging science. And then my main research, which we'll go over today, is e-commerce. So it's all, all my research is doing e-commerce food, so food packaging within the, so like e-grocery would be my research as my graduate studies. Yeah, perfect. And kind of what led you to, to kind of specializing in and specifically e-commerce and food within that. So prior to doing my grad work, I did some internships at the Jam Smucker uh, Corporation. So that kind of got me interested in food packaging. And then after doing my internships, I uh, did some undergraduate research, researching active packaging under Dr. Almanar. And with Dr. Almanar's help, uh, I did research into porous materials and modified community packaging. And then I was also introduced into e-commerce through her. So that's how I uh, pretty much got into e-commerce. Yeah, perfect. No, I think certainly as we look at the industry and kind of the trend, obviously more and more is moving towards that. And to me, at least food is kind of that next step. You know, it's not quite there and it's but certainly a fast growing category and a lot, a lot more challenges, I think, in the food category versus, you know, some of the legacy CPG and, and standard type products. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Looking at like during my lit review, looking at past studies, past just news articles and all that, it looks like food is having a lot of trouble, especially cold chains having trouble in the e-commerce environment. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, let's dive into kind of the study that that you put together and have been starting to present. So kind of overall, like what were the goals of the study that you were you put together? So we had three main goals in the study. We had uh, to summarize and categorize packaged materials currently uh, used uh, to sell products in the traditional supply chain in the e-commerce supply chain. And by summarizing and categorizing, I mean, we're comparing packaging materials, packaging types. And I can go over a little bit later what exactly, what type of packaging materials and what type of uh, packaging types we did compare in the results section. And then we also quantify specific problems and failures because we found there's a lot more problems and failures in e-commerce. And lastly, the last goal we had is try to see what uh, current packaging engineers and brand owners think is going to happen in the future for e-commerce since this is a growing industry and it is such a small portion of the market so right now, but it's growing much faster than the traditional supply chain. Yeah, perfect. So I know you kind of broke out some of the defect categories that were analyzed in both the traditional and e-commerce supply chain. What were those? Those defect categories were leaks, odor changes, punctures, scratching, and deformation. Okay, perfect. So do you want to talk about some of the results that you saw during the study? For some of the results for the study, we got demographics as well. We did ask the participants around five demographic questions. You know, this wasn't a consumer study. It was a business study. So the demographics were more business oriented. So we did employee title and we found that the majority of the employees were either directors or engineers. We also did a time and company involved in e-commerce. So the company itself and most companies were a little bit over 50% were only involved in e-commerce for three to five years. The same thing with employee time with the company. So most of these employees were with the company itself for less than three years. So as for the experience with e-commerce, the companies don't have much. And then as for location, this did have a little bit bias towards Midwest and Northeast. Those were the companies who participated in the survey. They were located within the Midwest and Northeast of America. And the company sales also had some bias. This, this was a little bit of a limitation to our study. 
since we were emailing and surveying packaging engineers. Most packaging engineers are at larger companies. So you sure. didn't have many small companies participate in the survey. Most of it was above a billion dollars in annual sales. Yeah, it's really interesting, uh, kind of this part of the study that, you know, as you look, and certainly e-commerce has been around for quite a while, and you see that, you know, these companies, less than five years, a bulk of that experience, and then certainly the engineers doing the work, you know, less than three, you know, it's really not a lot of time from consumer to the customer side, you know, experiencing the food through the e-commerce channel, as well as having the, the expertise within the company as well. Oh, yeah. And uh, in some of the, the later questions, we just had a comment and a lot of the companies posted how they're just getting started in e-commerce, you know, just opening up e-commerce teams as well as for the comments they had at the end of the survey. And then within the, the food, did you break that down into further categories, into the different segments? Uh, yes. So for categories of food, we broke it down based on FAO category system. Since these are anonymous surveys, we can't release the actual brand foods that were surveyed. So the, the FAO category system is nomenclature used by the United Nations to categorize food products. And so there's 16 types of categories. We added two categories undetermined because there was one brand product we couldn't determine as to the category to put it in. And also we added something called pet food because we did have pet food as one of the answers to the survey. And that was category 17. But for the most part, we had fats and oils, soups and sauces, beverages, dairy products, sweeteners, and uh, nutritional drinks like protein drinks. The most popular of these categories that we did have were beverages, nutritional drinks, and soups and sauces. As for the differences um, between supply chain for food categories, when we surveyed the participants, we saw e-commerce had fewer beverages and soups and sauces products than uh, traditional supply chain, but the e-commerce did contain more um, actually dairy products and pet food products. It's interesting. Did, did you guys kind of figure out anything from that? Is it, you know, due to like the weight or cost of shipping or um, any ideas why that that is? We didn't ask the participants why it was that it was interesting to find. And, and again, the way we asked the question it was to the participants, each participant, they answered for three of their top products in each category. So you had your top products in the e-commerce and top products in traditional supply chain. So this was based on sales. So I, it, it must be that they're just selling pet food more and dairy products more in e-commerce. Okay. Uh, according to the, the, the participants, at least. Yeah. So in terms of the, the different packaging formats, so obviously I'm assuming that, you know, all those different types of, of products are in different types of packaging. Do you guys see any trends or how did the different types of packaging formats break out? For packaging formats, we looked at rigid packaging and flexible packaging. And we put those two uh, down asking them about rigid packaging, flexible packaging. Majority of all products, 90% were closely split between uh, e-commerce and the traditional supply chain. Just rigid packaging was dominant for liquid. But as for flexible, most of 83 percent of the flexible packaging that was sold was sold through e-commerce. So we did have more flexible packaging in e-commerce. And after looking at the formats, we did look at package types. So looking at bottles, cartons, jugs, cans, cups, and pouches. As I said, you know, we mostly had rigid and of the rigid, most of it was either bottles or cans, especially bottles. 50% were the bottle type of packages. Looking at the flexibles that were majority in e-commerce, the majority of flexibles, actually all the flexibles were pouch types. There's much more pouches in e-commerce than in the traditional supply chain. 
And then in the materials. For uh, packaged materials, there are five types of packaged materials we looked at, glass, metal, paper, paperboard, and plastic. Most of the materials were plastic of what we, of we found, which kind of makes sense, looking at bottles being the most popular and also pouches being popular. And so about 64% were plastic type, and but there wasn't really too much difference among traditional and e-commerce uh, supply chain. However, there is, when looking at flexible plastics versus rigid plastics, so combining the package type and package material, there was a significant difference that there is more flexible plastics in e-commerce than in the traditional supply chain being used currently. From what I can tell, it doesn't look like your, your study focused anything on the sustainability side, but is there anything you guys saw or did you guys look at all in terms of sustainability of you know, recyclability of any of these plastics? Oh, this is kind of before um, sustainability became such a hot topic since this was about two years ago now, but we didn't focus too much on sustainability. We did have one question asking about sustainability, but we only had one answer, so we couldn't really draw any conclusions from that answer. Yeah, no, I think that that certainly, I think as we look at future trends in e-commerce, as you said, it's getting more and more uh, mainstream and more less of a sort of a niche is just a, sort of a standard part of business. So it'd be interesting as, as this progresses and matures in the industry, do we see more of a sustainable push and kind of how that leads to different packaging types of formats? Yeah. Now, in looking at some of the, the literature I've read on it, a bunch of consumers are having issues with what to deal deal with the, the trash from e-commerce because they're seeing a lot more uh, corrugated board boxes. They're seeing a lot more dunnage than they are used to seeing. So they, they do perceive a lot of unsustainable practices in e-commerce. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So we, we do a lot on the, you know, the corrugated side and some analysis around there. And, you know, part of that increase in board costs has been, you know, there's just less board coming back into the system. You know, a Walmart, a Target, they're really good at recycling, you know, corrugated. You know, when you get it shipped to your house, you know, people aren't as good as, you know, the, the big corporations. So. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that is that is funny. And then I wonder, are we using more corrugated in e-commerce or is it just consumers are perceiving more corrugated use? I think um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of both. You know, I think when it's, you know, in retail, people don't see that anything beyond the primary package, you know, it just shows up on shelves, shows up on damage. They don't see any of that. So I, I think it's a, a little bit of both of, you know, consumers are seeing it firsthand and then having to deal with it. And then as well as, you know, there's more currently, but obviously there's a big lot of shifts of, especially Amazon pushing ships to own container and, and trying to eliminate some of it as well. But Lots of, lots of challenges on the e-commerce side. Yeah. So one of the things I know you, you looked at and I also think is interesting is, is, is certainly the defect rates. You know, I think that's also a big difference from e-commerce. And you know, mm -hmm. when you go to the store shelf, there's, there's a quality control. They put it on the shelf and as you see it, you know, but when it comes to your house, it, it needs to be in you know, usable shape. Right. Yep. So at, looking at uh, defect rates, this is where we had some interesting results and some a little bit puzzling results as well. So we kind of split our defect rates into low defect and high defect. So, and this is just based on percentages, uh, defects, and they're all very low percentages because you want to be having a lot of high, very high percentage defects when you're selling products or um, you're having some issues. But as for low defect rate, this is from zero to 1.5%. And so we had more low defect rates when it comes to leaks in e-commerce, a little bit more order changes in e-commerce, but we had more punctures in traditional supply chain. They're about even on scratches. And there's actually more uh, deformations among the low defect rate in traditional supply 
supply chain as well. As for the high defect rate, there was more leaks in traditional. There was more punctures in e-commerce, uh, more scratches in traditional, and more deformations in e-commerce. However, th since the, the, the numbers were so close to each other, the median values were so close, we couldn't really claim any uh, significant difference among supply chains, except for low deformations. There was actually a significant difference among e-commerce and traditional. So there was more deformations in traditional. And this could be attributed to either the packaging engineers not fully understanding their damage rates for e-commerce and traditional supply chain products, especially since a lot of them are just starting in e-commerce. So we did actually go further in defect rates, looking at package formats as well, seeing if there's any differences among package formats, defect rates. I mean, we did see that there's more, was it uh, median defects uh, for leaks among rigid than flexible. And also, and, and this is in e-commerce and also deformations there's a more median defect for rigid as well in e-commerce. And this is just uh, something to, just so um, everyone knows, we did median rates rather than mean rates. This is just because our data set was non-normal and there's some outliers. And so in order to present values more accurately, we used a, a median values rather than mean values. Okay. And what does odor changes? Odor changes? So um, aroma. To give an example would be, uh, I had a colleague who did just a, a little bit of a, a test, not really a full experiment, where they ordered uh, cereal and let's say lavender detergent and they ordered this online. They then brought the, the package to their house and they opened up the package and actually the cereal itself started smelling like even having a flavor of lavender. So that would be an example of an odor change. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, especially as you look, you know, from like an Amazon or you don't necessarily know as the brand owner what's going to go in the box with yours. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't know how many people are actually thinking about that, you know, beyond obviously leaks, you know, I think leaks are more important in e-commerce. Same thing, you could have a box with 10 different things in it and your detergent leaks, you know, not only do you have a detergent issue, you essentially ruin other things in the box with it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't seem like, at least when the study was first started, that many of uh, the package engineers were, had much knowledge uh, on e-commerce. We also asked package engineers the rationale, so why leaks were happening, why oh. odor changes were happening, why punctures and scratches were happening. And we actually found that the reason for leaks among e-commerce e and the traditional supply chain, the majority of them was for the cap and broken seals. So like around 30% in e-commerce and traditional supply chain. As for location of the leak, it, it was, you know, cap and seal. And then also, we also looked at like rationale for odor changes. And we found that there's a lot more odor changes that were related in e-commerce than in a traditional supply chain. We were looking at, and this was mostly package material. So surrounding packaged foods were the reason for odor changes, just like the example I gave. And then there was for reason for punctures. Most of it actually for punctures. Package engineers in both supply chains was relatively unknown why their packages were being punctured. Around 30% both supply chain. For As for reason for scratches, most of it was interactions with identical packages, but there's a lot more scratches with the traditional supply chain among identical scratches than uh, in e-commerce. And then reason for deformations for shock, e-commerce was mostly shock deformations, while traditional supply chain what had static load, vibration, and impact deformations. 
Yeah, great. So yeah, when we talk about kind of the results of this and kind of the, the future of e-commerce for food packaging, what what do, we, what do you guys see? What, what do you see as the next steps and trends in this? So we asked uh, some of the consumers about what they're looking at for food products with uh, increased presence. So what type of e-grocery products do they think are going to win out in e-commerce? And they were saying uh, meats and fruits and vegetables will increase in presence. We also asked them whether they believe their company is looking at packaging changes for e-commerce. All of the respondents did say that there is some change necessary for e-commerce. As for what type of changes, 60% claim that flexible plastics will have the best performance in e-commerce. And then they had varying reasons. We did ask them a open-ended question. So just some of the reasons they did give, this wasn't really you know calculated or anything, but some of them said lighter weight, more robust packaging. A lot of them are trying to consolidate as well, like Omnichannel, making a one package for both supply chains, but they're unsure if, if that will work or not. After we asked them some questions about actual packaging, we did ask them questions when it came to penalizations and, and margins. And e-commerce, um, unsurprisingly, has had a lower margin than traditional supply chain. 75% of them say they sell products with lower margins in e-commerce. And then uh, for penalizations, when uh, a product is damaged, 80% of the companies are penalized when the package fails to protect the product. Great. And then in terms of recommendations, in terms of format, type, sort of material selection. As for the recommendations, just, as, just based on the study, so only taking in consideration the results of the study, we did have e-commerce and traditional flexible formats did prove to be better. The respondents did say that they're looking towards flexible options, so increasing flexible formats, increasing pouch use, and flexible packages, uh, strictly an e-commerce environment, did look like that would be better as for damage rates. Great. And then, like I said, in terms of defects, it really seemed to be two kind of big areas, you know, seal. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's always a big thing of, you know, especially around those leakage. And yeah. So uh, one thing looking at just how the seals are poor in both um, supply chain, uh, well, in e-commerce, uh, reducing those leaks and reducing the leaks from the seals would be ideal for e-commerce. Also, reducing the use of cans and bottles, since we did also look at deformations in cans and bottles, and in e-commerce, uh, cans and bottles did have more deformation than other types of package formats. Yeah, that makes sense. So what do you kind of see in the, you know, next steps? You know, certainly, you know, as you mentioned, e-commerce is obviously growing. It's only going to get a bigger category and more and more product. You know, you mentioned meat, which mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not there yet. But that'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, as we get more and more comfortable with the food market, uh, what do you see as next steps? As for next step, what we're doing currently as, as for uh, MSU is we're conducting uh, studies on uh, meal kits. So looking at fresh meats and fresh perishables uh, because that is a growing trend in e-commerce. So conducting shelf life studies, looking, doing ISTA6 testing with those, and then also conducting further research for market studies since this was fairly limited in scope since it was only liquid food products. And also the, the response rate was a little bit lower we, we would have liked. So we couldn't make uh, too many strong claims in the study, it would be nice to do a study with a larger scope and a larger sample size to get a more powerful reading on what's actually happening in e-commerce. You know, that's great. No, yeah, thank you again. I think it's really interesting work that you guys are doing over there and kind of getting ahead of this. Certainly think it's going to drive kind of this future and packaging formats and packaging process. So what's kind of the best way for people to, to get in contact with you or people are interested or, or want to help? What's the best way for uh, people to reach you? Yeah, if, you, if you'd like to learn more, you can contact me at spruitdy, so it's S-P-R-U-I-T-D-Y at msu.edu, or you can contact my professor, Dr. Ava Almanar at e-almanar at msu.edu, so it's E-A 
L-M-E-N-A-R at msu.edu. And also you, you could contact the sponsor of the research, uh, Ube America. So they sponsored this research. They also have the report public. So it's s.salva at ube.com. That's Sergey. He's the nylon development manager at Ube America. He's the main contact that we have for this research. Yeah, that's great. Hey, Dylan, thank you. I really appreciate it. I want to thank you again for, for hopping on here with us. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Jared. Thank you for listening to Inside the Box with Jared Spencer. For more resources and information on all things packaging, head to our website, adeptpackaging.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And thanks again for listening.